I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Before we chat with today's guest, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge. I read once that the best way to be successful is to help other people become successful, which is why I provide the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge for free. If you want to be mentored in the next 90-Day Challenge, please go to nz365guy.com forward slash mentoring. Uh, that'll take you through to all the details of it, and you can fill out a form, express your interest. The shutoff date is going to be December 1, December the 1st this year uh, for the next intake. So get, so get your enrollment in early. That'd be awesome. Interesting enough, over 250 people have already registered for the next intake. So exciting times. Well, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from England. He's on his eighth year as part of the Data8 uh, team. He's a currently development team lead. Recently, he became a Microsoft MVP. He got a degree in computer game technology, which is his ticket into technology career and a huge community advocate. He's a newly keen gardener, a trained wrestler, a Lego collector, and spends so much time as much, sorry, he spends as much of his time with his three-year-old as possible. Uh, He always tries to be the first to get things officially launched and be on the cutting edge of the Microsoft ISV certification. You can find him on Twitter at Matty Baird or his blog, mbaird.co.uk. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. So, any inaccuracies in what I said there? Now it's it's a lot to pick apart, isn't it? Now it's all the crazy parts of my life in one big, long sentence. A trained wrestler? Yeah, yeah. Only, I mean, not not um, not heavily trained, but enough that when I was younger, so early eighteen, nineteen, I had a friend that owned a wrestling company that I used to have a couple of thousand people go and Americans come over. So I got basic training enough that if they needed a a stooge to go in the ring or to do something, then I could look after myself safely um, rather than just get hurt. So yeah, okay. So I always like to open with, tell us a bit about family, food, and fun um, that, you know, evolve around your uh, sphere of influence. Um, yeah, so, I, so I'm so i from near Liverpool in the UK, so a football fan of Liverpool, um, visit there pre-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic as much as I can with um, married for, oh God, why did I say this in public? It's five or six years, I think, at this point. It, um <laughs> We, we, why, we, why wouldn't you say it in public? And well, five or six, I should probably know that one. Um, went to um, went to Vegas to get married, so that was quite cool. We, we did all that, and then yeah, a little three year old that has we worked out today spent half of her life in lockdown because of this lovely pandemic. So I'm looking forward to life going back to normal, and we can take her to all sorts of crazy places. Nuts. So the Vegas bit was that. Uh... 
to shed family and friends and just go solo or what was your rationale i mean it it was a long time ago now it was before i was really doing what i was doing now and um the thought of people looking at me and the sense of attention was just awful i just couldn't bear the thought of that and, and joe my wife was exactly the same we the thought of hosting a day and it being all about me for that full day was just turns my stomach um so we thought let's combine it with a holiday instead and we'll go and spend a week in vegas and and do it that way instead so that was great fun wow great idea what a, what, a, what a superb idea um, how does that work for legally in the UK? Because you know I've been to a wedding in the UK, and I probably of any country that, in my experience, that some of the most draconian rules around getting married, as in from you know checking that you're not drunk to uh, uh, it has to be an official venue and all these type of things. How does how does your marriage license, or did you do a registry office type scenario back in the UK as well? Um, no, so the so the day before we get married in Vegas, you go to the Vegas courts or whatever, um, and you officially sign all your documents and do all that sort of stuff. Then, so you get your marriage certificate the day before. Um, so then, the actual wedding itself it is the the process of it. But then, yeah, that document is valid over here. Has not been a problem. It's yeah, we've so yeah. When anytime anyone wants the marriage certificate and all that sort of stuff, we just send in the 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 copy of the one that is fully stamped and authorized by America and it's been fine. So I I, I technically assume we're married, but you never know. Someone listening to this podcast could tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Because I just thought you know, sending a, a document with the word Vegas on the top of it is kind of like buying an a, an internet degree, you know, online. That you'd wonder if it was as, as legit as it could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as I, yeah, well, I mean, we've got all the certificates to say it. it's all stamped. If you go on the Vegas courthouses and search for our names, you can see the date and time of our marriage and all that sort of stuff. Wow, so cool, so cool, and what a cool you know way of doing that's kind of different. So when you go to weddings in the UK, for example, you have the whole ceremony, and then there's this downtime of about an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, where people are just not really sure what to do, and the bride and groom are getting photos and taken. Whereas instead, we got married and within 90 minutes, I was on the strip in the boiling hot sun in shorts and t-shirt having a pint. Nice. Nice. That is a good call. That is a good call. Tell us about, you know, uh, I first, I think I first met you um, in, um, was it Amsterdam? It could be Amsterdam. It could be London. I think we briefly were together at the first, second Scottish summit. First, no, first Scottish summit. Yeah, definitely the first Scottish summit. Absolutely. So, data rate. You know, you're big. You're big in the ISV space. How do you feel ISVs fare in uh, in the modern world of Microsoft with them? You know, often building out what an ISV builds and then to some degree, leaves the ISV irrelevant. How do you fear in that whole landscape and how do you diversify your interests? Um, we're, we're sort of lucky because we're, we're horizontal. We're not necessarily in a vertical. So for them to, to, to take everything, is it doesn't just tick a box. So there's all sorts of people in all different um, industries that, that we satisfy. So we're quite lucky in that way that the problems that we solve, everybody has. Um Microsoft do keep moving on their stuff, but the places that we've that we're looking at, all the, the the data side of stuff, that's always been there. It's been there for a long time. It's 
never been actively developed really by Microsoft at all. Um, they've got no real need to because they know that ISVs do it as well as anybody else. So I, they don't, they're not anytime soon going to go into those areas. There's going to be changes, of course, and that's where we have to adapt. And that's why we try and keep up with their technology. But uh, fundamentally, because of the, the, the things that we do and the amount of time it's been a problem, there's no no one sees Microsoft going to come in and, and, and take it all away from us immediately. So um, we have faith that we do a good job because we've got, We've got a team of people there that have spent. I mean, I've been there eight years, and I'm there's people that've been there way longer than that for me. So, I mean, there is there's decades of of man time in the products that we release. So we've got this head start that's nice. Wow. So, so just get in a nutshell, what is data rate for those listeners that perhaps are not familiar with it? What what do you what do you do in the Microsoft Business Applications landscape? So we are um, a ISV that sits horizontally within Dataverse. So not Dynamics 365, we're in Dataverse and also in Power Automate. So across the platform with a focus on on data validation and data integrity. So um, it could be as simple as we will tell you if an email is real at the point of entry or if a phone number is real at the point of entry. Um, and we'll go the entire opposite way, which is we'll do things like single customer views. So we will do look at people's historic data and apply all sorts of um, matching logic that that Microsoft simply don't have. From memory, it's a very simple interface, isn't it, to, to, to configure up your, your various business rules that you'd want to happen? Yeah, so one of the things that we decided to do at the very start, and this was years ago when we started building it, was that we wanted people to not realize they were using our tool. So when they move somewhere else, they go, why is that bit not on? Can we just turn it on? And then they realize it was somebody else. And then, because I don't like this jarring feel of you jumping out of a system somewhere else and it's very obvious and it breaks people's sort of concentration and they just don't think about it. Whereas for it to feel native and natural um, means you can get into people's muscle memory and they can just naturally know what they're doing. And if with that comes the benefit that people then respect their own systems because if you're not making their life hard, they'll use it correctly. Yeah, yeah. And so what what you know, what are the the common industries that you sit within? Oh, good question. It, it varies. Um it, it's funny it comes in waves, um which is a nice topical pandemic reference there, but yeah, it comes in waves. Um we 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 go through a while where and you it's off seasons and things. So generally educations and universities will come in all around the same time and then we'll have a bunch of universities and education and education um companies and then recently there's been a bunch of financial services ones come in and at, there was a time when there was an automotive um push came in and we had three or four major car manufacturers at the same time. And it's it's weird that yeah, they just seem to come in these waves of all sorts. But yeah, we've got pretty much one in almost every industry I can think of at this point. Wow. Wow. And just looking at your site, address validation, bank validation, business insights, data cleansing, data management, duplication, uh, detection, email validation, name validation, phone validation, um, TPS services, not sure what that is. Um, but yeah, well, you, is, and, and do you sell internationally? Do you, do you have any issues around for example, you know, the phone number formats in different countries are done different ways. Um, bank validation would be done different ways. How do you handle international customers? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're problems that we face. Uh, yeah, we, we, we do work internationally. So every every country has its own 
data therefore they have their own data sets and then they have their own rules but we've just over time built those rules up to work worldwide so we know what a u.s phone number looks like we know what a, a german phone number looks like um and yeah it's we just sort of it's one of those that we not originally so we were very uk centric until about maybe five or six years ago um and then we started to branch out a bit and it really started back in the old days when um the the dynamic communities summits were going and we started to go to the us for those and then we travel around the world and the sort of name got out worldwide. So last few years, yeah, we've been much more international, um, which is great most of the time until I have to do support calls at six o'clock in the morning, So, which is always fun. Of course, the two big questions with international customers, right, are 24-7 support, which really does mean 24-7. And then, and then the other one is currency, whether they want to, trans, you know, they might have, have the facility to transact in pounds or something. Um, so interesting. Anyhow, this show is not about your, uh, company, even though the ego, you've been able to talk about it a bit and it's, and it's, I find it interesting, um, myself even just to take a, a refresh look at data rate. Tell us about your, you know, you said you were in computer gaming and that got you into tech. How did you actually end up at data rate and then, you know, get into the whole BizApps community? Um, so yeah, so I did computer games at the university, um, mainly because at that point I had no idea what I wanted to do and that sounded all right. Um, and then during that time when you realize that basically all computer games is, is code, but it looks a bit prettier when you run it. So I, I realistically, what I was becoming there was a software developer. Um, and then in the interim, I, straight after university, I got a job doing, uh for a, a mystery shopping so where you pay people to go shopping and they fill a form out and they rate companies so i was working for one of the uk's leading mystery shopping companies um and i was there for a few years but they weren't that advanced for code and whilst it was paying the bills i got to this point where i i got to a tipping point of i either forget about the degree i did and, and stick down this path wherever it goes or i go back to what i really enjoy and see where i'm at um and I chose to go down the code path, so I got a new role. Um, I started data rate and started at the on the bottom rung. Um, and all those years, through all those years, I've worked my way up. Um, and when when I started there, they weren't really into uh, dynamics as it was at the time. Um, and then one of the clients asked us and said, "Have you heard of this?" And we had it in our action pack, so we thought, "I oh, will install it on premise and see what it's all about." Um, 18 months later, we went to a user group in London and then it's just sort of snowballed out from there really to to learning from on-premise stuff to really get to finding a real passion for it. Um, and then it's just, it's got bigger and bigger. And then when it, when it, there was this pivotal point a few years ago where it changed from just dynamics to power platform as a much wider world. Um, and that's when I sort of really fell in love with it and especially Power Automate, I, I, the power automate was the thing that made me come out of my shell with the community a bit. Um, I found an area that I really enjoyed, which was all around custom connectors. Um, and I ended up talking about that pretty much all around the world. And that's what gave me the love for where I'm at now. So it was, it slowly started. It was a nice little snowball effect that just now I'm just pretty much everywhere. I mean, I'm trying to organize the, are you helping the team organize the UK user group in London? I've just joined Mark and Ian's team to organize Scottish summit. So it's just, it's gone, it's gone from attending three times a year to, to being a main part of my life now. Wow. Now I think I saw a tweet in the last day or so about a connector doc gallery. 
and uh, Thomas Sandor and yourself seem to be doing something. Is that right in that space? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, so Thomas was, with Thomas was chatting and Thomas was thinking some ideas and one of the ideas that he came up with was a couple of galleries and one of it was connected.gallery. Um, and somehow, some way, I do seem to have got this reputation for myself off custom connectors. So when he looked online and did his research, there was a number of people that pointed him to my direction. So we ended up talking and um, we were, we we both were of the same agreement that there isn't there isn't anything for that, that that's got a low barrier of entry for people to share the things they're proud of in that area. Um, now there is Microsoft initiatives to put these things together, but there is there's a jump that I think a lot of people don't have, and I didn't want that. I wanted people to feel the excitement that I had when I made a connector to share it. Um, and after the success of PCF Gallery with Greedo, um, we had a chat with him, and he was like, "Yeah, go for it." So yeah, it sort of spawned into this new thing that's launched and it's only early days so it, who knows where it could go um but yeah it's a new community platform that hopefully people if they make anything useful they can share it yeah i like it so i see that it follows pretty much the format of pcf gallery dot gallery and uh in that i take it individuals can go up there authors can go up there and contribute the connectors that they make is that right? Yep, absolutely. You go on, you fill you fill, you fill a form out, you send us what you've got, and uh, yeah, it goes up on there for anybody to use. Nice. And I see your first connector up there is is that one you built? What three words? What three words is always my go to for my demos. Yeah, what three words is a big yeah. one that I presented around the world for years. So that's always the go to. <laughs> and it's it. a good visual, isn't it? What three words when you find out your address and. Or location is it a is it a three meter block or a six meter block? Three, three, like meter, three meter square. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so and so what's what's on the uh the backlog? Uh, are you planning for PCF Gallery or do you know of others planning um to upload there? For connectors, so yeah, there's a few. So there's um there's the there's an IMDB one. There's I mean mo- the point the point in most of these is that, that these aren't business critical ones, these aren't people that are gonna do in their spare time, but what they are is they're people people like playing the power apps, right? People like playing the power automate. So it it's fun things that you can't necessarily justify your work time doing, but it's cool. So we've got IMDB, you've got a sessionized one, um, there's an event bright one. So there's all these different ones of that I've built over time. And these are all in the backlog of so when I organized Scottish Summit, most of them got made for that and we can share them and there's been we've already had a few people that have submitted some of their own which is nice within a day or two so we can just keep it snowballing up there and there's there's some in the backlog that i'll build if no one else no one else wants to build them but i'm trying to make people do it as well because there's no better way of learning than doing um so if people want ideas we've got an idea we've got a backlog of ideas that need doing as well um yeah well it wouldn't take much right to go to something like um if then then that or um, what's the other commercial main one that's used um, that does a lot of that routing type stuff, which I know is more the automation. But of course, any tool like this that you know has some form of automation needs connectors, right, to plug in to those disparate systems. So I think that it's something that could become quite a massive inventory, right? There's all sorts. I've seen some crazy ones. I mean, Tesla's got an API. You can have a Tesla custom connector if you've got a Tesla. Wow. 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 Yeah. So I, I mean, I've got a, I've got a custom one that I had in my house over Christmas that controlled all my Christmas lights. Um, it's not, it's nowhere, it's nowhere near the level of Daniel Christian. If you've ever seen Daniel Christian, yeah, lights, yeah, but yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a star. Why don't you get Daniel to uh, to get his one up here? 
Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll see if he's got it in, in gallery or not. I mean, his lights are on another level, but there you go. Nice. Um, yeah, let's see who, who who's going to get the Starlink API uh, up there as soon as possible. Yes. I'm expecting my uh, Starlink dish any day now, so. Oh, nice. And I heard that there is a API on it and uh, more to to get status type data about various satellites you're connecting to or being handed off to, whatnot. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting. How did you become an MVP? What what, what was that process for you? Um, to be honest, it, 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 I think it's different than a lot of people take because, I mean, the majority of MVPs you see are, are partners and are and work across lots of clients and do a variety of things across the entire platform. Um, my journey was slightly different because being in the ISV, there's a very there's a relatively small area of the platform that I need to know for my day to day role. Um, so as I widened my my learning, um, I just sort of turned that into content and just shared that with other people because if I was trying to learn it, I sure other people would try and learn it. And if I got it wrong, I'm sure that somebody else got it wrong in the exact same way. So I I took this approach of I don't need to be ashamed of getting it wrong. I don't need to be ashamed that I don't know these answers. And instead, I, if, if I publicly learn it, and if, if I have a room with 20 people, one of those people, and I, and I click wrong, it's one person in that room that knows where the right click is. If they tell you that, they, they, they get, they get, they're happy that they knew the answer. I've learned and everybody wins. Um, so, yeah, so I tried to... I, I, I mean, I didn't do everything I did for MVP. MVP is a nice bonus, um, but MVP wasn't. I didn't wake up one day and think, right, I, I want it. Um, I just enjoyed what I was doing, and I got this, this the bug for talking in front of people, and then it just sort of sort of came out from that. Really nice. You just reminded me. I, I don't know if it's a hashtag that's out there, but learn in public. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that concept that we're all on a learning journey, whether you're far along it uh, or, or just beginning. And the more that people learn in public, of course, encourages others to learn in public. Absolutely. You know, or learn more More importantly. Yeah. People get scared because they often will go to, to, to sessions of some sort or they'll go to YouTube videos and, and the person talking is is just every, knows everything, knows every answer and knows everything in detail. And it's, it can occasionally at times to the right person make them feel like they don't know enough, whereas I'd rather flick it and just get a few short messages across and say, it doesn't matter that you don't know this, you know more than you realise you know. Um, and that's the message that I try and get across is that, yeah, you, you, you do know more than you know and, and don't be scared to to say you don't know either. Yeah, love it. I love it. Matt, what's uh, on the horizon for you? Um, the world coming back to normal, hopefully. I'm looking forward to there is the – we currently have the a user group scheduled for an actual real-life user group in London in September. Nice. Um, there is the South Coast Summit in October, so there's a nice two gatherings to see people that I've not seen for a long time. Um, and other than that, yeah, it's just life going back to normal. Looking forward to the um, the Premier League starting again, and I can go to the football. <laughs> love it, I love it. Well, I like to wrap these sessions with a few random questions. Oh, this is the bit that makes me nervous. Nah, it's easy. It's easy. Would you rather save money or time? How easy is that? Would I rather save money or time? Money. Interesting. What important truth do very few people agree with you about? 
I think it's that what I was saying before that it's it's okay not to know things. I think a lot of people think they need to know everything. Mm, I like it. Last one. Who in your life inspires you to be better? Uh, my daughter. Nice. Nice, Matt. It's been great to have you on the show. I look forward to publishing this soon. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Business Applications MVP, Mark Smith, also known as NZ365Guy. Please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to leave a review, go to podcast.nz365guy.com and there's all the options for you to leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. It is important to me to know that the show is really inspiring and helping people uh, further their ambitions in Microsoft business applications. And with that, stay safe out there and see you next time.